I set my sights on the podium, Sam. I thought it's my time for that podium for my country. I want to bring a medal home. I stood there thinking, hi, this is just the most unreal experience in my life. You know, at 42 years old, I started powerlifting and here I am on this international platform. You're listening to the Better Stories podcast with Sam Lloyd, taking inspiration from our communities and people. Hello, welcome to the latest Better Stories podcast. And once again, we have got a truly fantastic guest, as there really is no limit to this lady's talents, including the fact she is a champion powerlifter. But there's no doubt leisure is an integral part of her life, so it's a very warm welcome to Jackie Pope, Better's Head of Service for Belfast. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning, Sam. Well, lovely to have a chat with you today. Right. I feel like sport and fitness is in your DNA from an early age because I gather your dad represented Ireland in table tennis. Uh, Definitely from a very young age, I spent a lot of time uh, around leisure centres. Daddy was absolutely brilliant at table tennis. He uh, was competing for Ireland, I think from the age of 16 and you know, still plays today, um, so he does. So from a very young age, uh, Sam, my daddy, has, has probably influenced that competitive nature in me um, for sport and a general love for, for fitness. Uh, daddy still plays pickleball when, you know, the centres are open and very, very active and uh, coaches, uh, well, did coach up until he was diagnosed with dementia. Him and I always talk about the olden days and when he was playing table tennis and and sporting and he follows me in all my, um, you know, journeys around the world too. So therefore, instilling those kind of values about sport and leisure from a very young age, obviously sport has been an integral part of your life then. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even when I was young, I... You know, I was in gymnastics. I can, you know, I did sports acrobatics. I was netball, hockey. There wasn't a sport that, and I think I was always running somewhere or doing something. You know, and and daddy, um, absolutely, and and my mum too. You know, they they just. I remember when I was really young, um, loving to dance uh, and going to to disco dance competitions. But I always said to mommy and daddy, please don't come and watch me because you make me nervous. Um, (laughs) And that has been the same the whole way through, even, you know, now, you know, um, if mommy and daddy are there, it just, it makes me nervous. And they sneaked in this one time when I was in Wales competing in a disco dancing competition and straight away I could spot them and they never did it again after that. So yes, no, they, um, they definitely, um, you know, have, have been on a journey with me for sure. Uh, It sounds like they're fantastic role models. But let's talk about your career because you started in the civil service, I gather, before moving to England. But then you obviously had a real thirst for adventure and travel. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I um, took off to England and uh, then all of a sudden... um, there was, it was time for change and I came back from England in a bit of a sorry state, um, to be perfectly honest. And I remember clearly one day I rented a, 
uh, house with my sister, um, who's the glue of our family. She's the she's the sensible one. I would I would say so. Pamela um, and I lived together, and there was one day I was sat at the bottom of the stairs, and I was just sat my, um, on the floor, and Mummy came in, and she said to me, she says, right, you, she said, this is enough. Get up and get on. And I just looked at her, and I thought, she's right. She's absolutely right. So I applied to work for Air Tours Holidays as a holiday rep, which took me overseas. Uh, Daddy couldn't understand why I was giving up a job, and you know, the civil service, a, a secure job, a, you know, a job for life, as daddy would say. He just didn't understand. He, he, he just didn't understand why I wanted to do that. So off I went anyway, um, said goodbye. And that is oh, some of the most wonderful years of my life, where one minute I was dancing uh, on a cabaret on the stage or I was singing <laughs> or I was I was picking people up from the airport and it was wonderful I have made lifelong friends you know over the years I still you know in touch with them now but um strange mummy and daddy came out on holiday when I was based in uh, Menorca in the Balearics and I was singing Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love one night and Daddy was in the audience. And when I finished and I came down the side, Daddy was stood there and he gave me a hug. I get it because he just saw me do it. You know, he just I was there and I was doing what I absolutely loved. So that journey took me and then I went into management um, and I then I went to Crete where I worked with the youth program, you know, the, the young the young ones, um, as I would probably refer to them now. And that's where I met my husband. So I met Gary um, in Crete, um, I think 23 years ago. And uh, that was that was the turning point. And then I went on to live in Cyprus um, and I was sales development manager. Um, it was a new role for their four largest resorts in the world. And I was really fortunate to get one of them. And I absolutely loved that. And then Gary and I got married and I made the decision to come back home. So amazing memories, amazing oh. memories and, and life experiences as well, right? Do you know, that job prepared me for so many things that came my way. You know, when you're working and travel, people, people come on holiday, they come to enjoy themselves. But, you know, like anything in life, things can go wrong. And you were there for the joyous times to support people when you could see them, you know, loving their holiday. But you were also there to support them when things didn't quite go right. And and I could, you know, certainly tell some stories for that. But the life experiences that really, you know, gave me that grounding. I mean, I, I often reflect on my life and think my story is about resilience. And when I look back and reflect, um, and I was thinking through it this morning, you know, when something is the comeback and then something will go wrong and then you come back. But it's it's remembering to find the joy in the day. So you've got the travel bug, shall we say, out of your system in a really good way. But you returned to Belfast and then an opportunity came up with LA Fitness. So tell me a little bit about that. So uh, it's quite a funny story, this actually. And so I see there was a job advertised for general manager of LA Fitness Shawsbury. And I, I looked at my fitness background from, you know, pre-travel, but also um, my management skills that I'd acquired through the travel journey. 
And I thought that would be perfect combination to go in and manage a fit, you know, a, a fitness club, a private health club. So I applied and I had a phone call from uh, Julie, who was the regional sales manager. And basically she says, well, what about a regional sales role? No, I really want to be a general manager, My, you know, and that's the job I'd like to be interviewed for. So uh, a lady, Sophie, who's a friend of mine now after many years, uh, basically said to Julie, who's this bullshit sales girl who thinks she can be a general manager? <laughs> Love you it. Know? And I thought, right, okay. And then she interviewed me and I got the job. And I remember her phoning me and uh, telling me, and, and she was very honest. She said that to me. She says, who's this bullshit sales girl? We <laughs> laugh about it sometimes over a glass of uh, Deacon Estate uh, red wine. And that we took that. So that LA Fitness Club, um, I went in and... The, the club had had its challenges for sure. It was the first in, in Belfast. And I went to a regional manager's meeting, you know, for all the general managers and, and somebody, they were talking about the LA Awards. And I said, well, what's the criteria for the LA Awards? And I could see them looking at me as if, don't you think for one minute that the Shaw's Bridge is going to win Club of the Year? And I said, right. I thought, right. So I came back to my team and I got the criteria. So when we went, we, we put a whole portfolio together. We, we ran a center of excellence for, um, you, know, you know, swimming and we ran triathlons. We, we just, we had a, a social community um, there of, of primetime members, you know, and it was brilliant. And we went over to London. Uh, it was Regent's, I think Regent's Park Hotel in London and we were shortlisted. And when they announced that LA Fitness Shaw's Bridge was club of the year. Every single person in that room, there's maybe 400, 450, uh, stood up and clapped. Oh, and um, it was phenomenal. And it, I have the, the awards night on like a VHS video. I would love to, to watch it again, you know. So that was phenomenal. And that was the journey well and truly started then, you know. I know what followed then was a, a stint in England again, but then you returned to Belfast and opened your own gym, which I find fascinating. And already I'm learning the drive that you have as an individual on your vocational journey. So did you feel then that was the right time? Okay, I'm going to open my own facilities. So my husband, Gary, and my sister, Pamela, and I were in Victoria Square in Belfast. I was quite possibly um, two glasses of Prosecco deep when <laughs> I literally asked the lady behind the, it was like a wee, it was in the square, but it was like a wee, not a champagne bar, but you know, like a wee wine bar that did like snack, you know, nice food and wine. And I just sat there and something just struck me in that moment. And I asked the lady for a piece of paper and a pen. Now it's what I quite often refer to as, you know, MCI was born from, you know, a five packet business plan, you know, <laughs> um, way back, you know, it's almost eight years old now. And it and we sat there and it was tweaked and it was it was and it just in that moment we talked about it. And then we set upon a journey of bringing it to life. And it is absolutely my pride and joy, Sam. 
Why do you love it so much then, Jackie? I mean, obviously I get this feeling about you, about the importance of sport, about leisure, but you obviously have this dogged determination and this ambition as well. No, absolutely. And um, with with when I said about MCI, MCI has grown from strength to strength. Um, but one of the things that we've been running now for uh, several years is our kids programme. So I coached the kids myself um, and obviously pre-COVID lockdown, um, I coached them on a Saturday um, and I still do and I still will. I video message them now to let them know that we're still here for their support. I send them workouts um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday and they send me videos. So it's about making a difference in people's lives, you know, and what can I do that will impact and make a difference in someone else's life? Wow. You're very inspirational. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Let, let, let's talk about the role of head of service in Belfast, because I know there's been a huge increase of leisure centre members. So what do you attribute that to? I watch the drive um, from the team, certainly, that I work with. Gareth Kirk, who's my regional director, um, you know, is, is so passionate about what we are bringing to the people of Belfast. And it's never it's never about becoming complacent and saying, oh, well, we're doing a good job and, and that's enough. It's about, you know, being relentless in that pursuit of, you know, a better um, product, better programmes that we can you know, give to the communities of Belfast and hopefully one day beyond Belfast within Northern Ireland, um, you know, and we strive for that um, and looking at, you know, how can we um, support, you know, people that are vulnerable in the community, um, the children within the community and more so now than ever, um, our team are going to be vital in, you know, helping people recover whether they have actually, you know, from a health point of view, had COVID or from all know mental health has, you know, been massively affected throughout this pandemic. And the team and I are working now, um, you know, ensuring that we have the best offer to go out and to get people back in once we're allowed to do so um, in, in support of their better health. Because I gather, Jackie, you're responsible for an investment project across the city of £105 million into leisure services. I know, right? I mean, when you put when you say that out loud, it's like, wow. No pressure. <laughs> I know. Um, and it really is, wow. The centres that we've opened already as part of the leisure transformation, I mean, these centres are phenomenal. I mean, what the city of Belfast, you know, with, in partnership with Belfast City Council, is giving back to the people of Belfast is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, we've still so much more to do. You know, we're still now talking about the next phase of new centres opening and the phase beyond that you know so the landscape is going to completely change Sam you know it's going to and, and for the better you know you know of for everyone and people will come from outside of Belfast when I mean or New Anderson's town which you can't miss it you drive down the road and these fabulous big colourful flumes are coming out in and I mean, that is talked about from not only, you know, Belfast citizens from beyond, you know, it's fabulous. Let's be honest, Jackie, when when you look at the, the leisure industry, it is 
very male dominated. You're one of the most senior women in the business. And already I'm getting the feel that you 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 have you've got a vision and you're just gonna go for it. I, I do think it's inbuilt in in me. Sometimes I look and it is brilliant to just sit and reflect on where you're at and where you want to be. And one thing, Sam, I have always done all of my personal and professional life is surround myself with great people. Um, whether it's my mummy and daddy. Pamela, my sister, Jonathan, my brother, Danielle, my sister-in-law, who's an artist. And they are such an inspiration to me in my, you know, that sort of inner close circle. And then I've got, you know, Gareth, who is another driving force and the team in Belfast. So when you're when I you surround yourself with people and, you know, that behavior is breeding behavior. And I think success even if there are failures along the way, will come. Yeah. Well, it's all credit to you because you are incredibly inspirational and you're obviously leading by example, which is phenomenal, really. But I have to talk to you about powerlifting. <laughs> because when I, when I got the brief, I was like, OK, yeah, looking forward to speaking to Jackie. But hold on a minute. Uh, silver in the British Championships and the Commonwealth Powerlifting Championships. So where did the love of powerlifting come from? <laughs> so let me tell you a wee story. So I have, I was the, and I still am, the, I was the competition director for the Northern Ireland Powerlifting Federation for three years. And I was sat at a competition at 42 years old and I said, I'm going to give that a go, you know. So I did all the back, back stuff and thought, I think I'm, I might, could be quite strong. I'm going to give that a go. So I remember, I remember it was like another, it's like the MCI, you know, sat, you know, on a piece of paper, the, the cliff notes. And then I was sat there and I thought I'm going to give it a go. So away off I went then. And, and my first competition at 42 years old and I won and I got best female lifter in, in my age category. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. And that day, that was it, you know. And I remember saying, okay, it'll just be a, a one competition and I'll, I'll tick that box and, and it'll be something I've done. Oh, no. Next thing I know, I'm at the British uh, Championships <laughs> where I missed gold by 2.5 kilo. I mean, it was oh, phenomenal. It was a phenomenal fight. The lady who won it totally deserved it. But it was absolutely brilliant. And then um, that day in... Then I, I went on and on and then I went to another British Championships and the next thing, I was selected for the Team GB, the, the Great Britain team going off to Finland uh, for the World Championships. And when I got there, I was like a rabbit in the headlights. But thankfully, the British coaches kept me grounded and, you know, I nearly bombed out on my squat. And I remember sitting behind in the athletes area thinking, oh, no. And I can remember um, Brian Coombs coming down the back way, who was one of the, um, who was the chief exec of the foundation, the Northern Ireland Powerlifting Federation at the time. And a something in me just absolutely thought, I'm going out there. There's absolutely no way that I'm, that I'm not making this happen. And thankfully, I did. So it was brilliant. Then I had another British Championships silver and got selected to represent Great Britain in Texas. So it all went from there. But the absolute um, 
you know, the, the big thing for me certainly was South Africa when I represented Northern Ireland in the um, Commonwealth Powerlifting Championships. And I set my sights on the podium, Sam. I thought it's my time for that podium for my country. I want to bring a medal home. And when they gave me, I was crying my eyes out when I lifted that 150 kilo deadlift. You know, oh I my was, goodness. <laughs> I was, I stood there thinking, hi, this is just the most unreal experience in my life. You know, at 42 years old, I started powerlifting. And here I am on this international platform in front of like mommy and daddy were watching at home going, did she get it? Did she get it? You know, when they played the video back because they were recording it off the TV. And when I stood and I got on that podium, there was no feeling like it. You know, it absolutely was phenomenal. But with every, you know, success, there was always, you know, and then I was very, very fortunate to be selected in Ireland, Sam, for the Commonwealth Powerlifting Championships in Canada. And the story there was so different. I I wasn't expecting to be selected, if I'm if I'm honest, but I did do well and I got on the team and I had to drop 13 kilo in weight to make, you know, to get out, which I did. Um, I had gone out, I had the flight, I was there. My weight was slightly over, but I thought, oh, that'll be fine. I'll, I'll drop it in a couple of days. So then tried a couple of days I thought this weight isn't shifting and I thought I am in Canada I have now you know only a matter of hours to drop this weight and Sam the weight wouldn't drop I don't know what was happening it just wouldn't and you know long story short the Northern Ireland team every oh honestly they the support I received from that team when I had to sit in a sauna in a sauna suit to make weight. Oh and my goodness. It was heart wrenching. And the team sat with me in the sauna so that I wasn't alone. And I missed weight, Sam. So I missed weight by something like 0.4. I had to weigh uh. in 84 or below. And I weighed in at like 84.4. It was heart, honestly, it was horrific. And, um, and the team, we, I still watched the team compete. But I had to come back from that and it was, I can't, there's actually no words to describe it, but I booked my next competition and that was, this was September for December and I came back and I competed again in December and I won. But that experience was horrific. But it shows true resilience, doesn't it? And true strength of character to bounce back and actually then win a competition. Because, you know, when you think of powerlifting, it is perceived as, as very much a masculine sport. So I'm just intrigued to know where the passion came from, you know, in your 40s. Because I know you do a lot of mentoring and you work really hard to raise awareness of the sport that's very true to your heart. Absolutely. When I first joined the Northern Ireland Powerlifting Federation, one of my um, goals was to develop the sport within women. And it's amazing now to watch so many women um, 
think you know competing in powerlifting now it did have the reputation you know for being you know i don't know what's the best way to describe it but um it did have certainly um a reputation of just you know it's a you know predominantly men and and one of my goals changed that and certainly within northern ireland now we did change that the whole you know the committee set out and and the team that again i had around me um, that is what we set out to do and we absolutely have achieved it. There's so many women of, you know, and, and even some of the ladies that were, you know, a competition with me away, you know, some of them are, you know, 60 plus. And that is phenomenal. And it's not amazing that, you know, there's, there's some, they're getting some brilliant results on something that they, they never thought they would. And, I, I think for me, it, it's helping someone see and what they can do and to have that belief in themselves that they can achieve, regardless of age or whether you're male, female, to go out and, uh, you know, at least try, give it a go, you know, yeah. give it a go. Good words. And as if there are enough hours in the day for you, you've also qualified as a reiki master so i just want to talk to you about this because in terms of well-being and balance what what's that brought to you to your life would you say so reiki came into my life sam i when i was i managed um a thomas cook uh, travel agent and banker I was involved in an armed robbery where I had a gun held in my head um, as, a, as a result. And for, af well, actually for the next year is fine. And then a, a year after that, I suffered with really severe anxiety. Um, at one point became quite agoraphobic where I was, I went out and I did my job and I had to do, but I came home and I wanted to lock my door. So I then thought this can't define me, I, this cannot be me for the rest of my life I need to change something and I need to do it now so Reiki was a holistic approach that um that came into my life I loved it so much that I then went on to do my level one level two and and now Reiki master and I have a lovely uh, client base of um of people that um you know also uh, love the Reiki in their life and it's just about balancing the energy and um, you know, if you have, I mean, without getting too technical about what Reiki is, but everything's energy, you know, everything's energy and energy within the body um, is, is neutral until your brain gives it a positive or a negative. And it's about, uh, and what I talk to my team about and to, to people, my Reiki clients and my kids, these are trained behavior. So if, if you get a if the energies in your body then there's a negative thought comes in which for a lot of people is the natural go-to oh I can't do that if you can think send that message to your brain I'm going to do that then that is a trained behavior and your brain will start to learn that so that when something happens in your life that maybe isn't good or ever you can straight away go I'm okay with that I'm going I'm going to I'm going to be okay. And, and that is what I would talk to people about a lot um, in terms of the resilience and being resilient. You know, resilience is born through things not going right most of the time and, and pain and, and disappointment and, and failure in your life. And it's about understanding, I suppose, that that is part of your journey.
that is okay because then the next time something happens you know that you're you're going to be okay you know yeah I hope that makes sense I I know totally makes sense and I think you've really articulated it really well in terms of the balance and the resilience and just the benefits which is yeah without question a, a really interesting subject Jackie I want to talk to you about the future Let's firstly talk about you from a personal perspective, because you're a very busy lady. You've got so much going on. But what are the aims and objectives from a from a personal point of view? Don't tell me you're going to suddenly take up table tennis or, you know, what, what's what's the next kind of journey for you? You know, the ambitions. Do you know, I um, I absolutely love what I'm doing now. This past year for me, from January, um, I my health took a, a, a horrible dip in January and I had a, a surgery in September that I didn't know whether I would ever powerlift again, whether I would ever, you know, any anything, you know. And I'm now back uh, benching and doing my fitness again, which I am over the moon about. And my next competition, the calendar is out, is in August. So for me, and on a personal note, is to watch the sunrise every single day, Sam, with my cup of coffee, with my hunter pope, my um, springador, and I go out in the garden. So Sometimes you don't see it rise, but you know it's there. And I love that. It is one of my absolute non-negotiables to just experience that morning. I'm sat here now with my lavender and eucalyptus candle in my Reiki room at home. And it's to understand and enjoy those simple things. I want to um, get back on that platform because truthfully, after this year, I didn't would. Um, and to be, you know, for my coach to feel I can, for my um, surgeon and consultant to to say that I can is phenomenal. And on a professional level, um, what I do, my the, the job I do day in, day out, and I watch the growth within the team in Belfast. I work alongside an absolutely brilliant group of people and I want to see the difference we can make in, this, for, in people's lives, Sam, across the whole city of Belfast. And hopefully one day, even as said, beyond, Belfast I I'm a a huge believer that you know the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts and if everyone together will bring such a different quality and uniqueness and and that's my goal for now is is to get back doing what we love in the centers and making a difference and I hope one day that I can come and see you in Belfast and have a coffee and watch you power lift and see <laughs> the wonderful facilities because you truly have been the most phenomenal guest. And I really do appreciate your time. A fascinating insight into all aspects of your life. Keep up the good work in everything that you do. But Jackie, thank you for joining me today on Better Stories. Oh, Sam, I've loved it. Thank you so much. Better is the charitable social enterprise that operates leisure centres, gyms, swimming pools and libraries across the UK. For more information, visit www.better.org.uk.
or download the Better app. Better Stories, taking inspiration from our communities and people.